the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. Welcome to Always Right with Bob France on AM 1420, The Answer. You know, far be it for me to ever compare what I say or how I say it to the great communicator, our 40th president. But isn't that kind of what I was saying in the last segment, what you, what you just heard in that, uh, in that top of the hour open there? I mean, seriously, we are literally just a step away from falling into an abyss from which we will never emerge. I mean, literally, it is that important. And that's why what I was talking about about countering the hate, countering the vile attacks on two patriotic people who ordinarily I would disagree with at almost every turn as they are liberal Democrats, but they are putting country over party. And that is that is driving so much hatred and so many of the vile attacks. I don't know how it will impact them when it comes time to actually you know uh, cast their vote. When their feet are put to the fire, will they do what they told the media they would do and actually vote against changing the filibuster? I don't know. But help us counter uh, that vile hatred of Kirsten Sinema and uh, Joe Manchin from within their own party by contacting their offices, leave messages of support, emails of support, tell them thank you for putting country above party. It is that important. I'm telling you, if they uh, fold somehow, some way, or if they're coerced or threatened or whatever, um, and they vote to change that filibuster, and that legislation goes through, our country will never, ever, ever recover. We will lose in November and never, ever come back again. I cannot be more blunt than that. So call those phone numbers I gave you as we get into hour number two now. And I do want to shift gears a little bit. And I want to say uh, good morning to our next guest, or actually our first guest today. Dean Clancy is a senior health policy fellow at Americans for Prosperity. He's a nationally known healthcare freedom advocate with more than 20 years of high-level policy experience in Congress, the White House, and in the U.S. healthcare industry. He joins us now to talk about a couple of things on AM 1420, The Answer. Mr. Clancy, good morning. Good to have you. How are you, sir? Good morning. It's great to be here. It's good to have you. There's a couple of stories that um, I wanted to talk about with you, not the least of which is your op-ed for Newsweek, which is uh, pretty good. Anytime somebody who doesn't give uh, full-on left-wing orthodoxy talking points usually doesn't get published in Newsweek. So uh, good for you <laughs> that you were able to talk about <laughs> learning learning from uh, the government's COVID testing debacle. Now, I read your article uh, twice, and and before we get into some of the nuts and bolts, um, I, I, I'm just going to tell you point blank. I, I, I've not understood the obsession with over testing. Um, 
in in so many right. different circumstances. I feel like every time somebody gets a sniffle, I have to identify that. I need a test. Where's the test? Give me a test. Test, 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 test. All so that the numbers can then be inflated, the hysteria can grow, the punitive measures and sanctions taken against the free people increase. I'm not a huge fan of test, 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 test. However, for the purposes that people do find it to be beneficial, um, I agree with your overall point here. This was a disaster, a debacle of epic proportions by the Biden administration when it comes to the availability of these things. Absolutely. It's been a uh, an epic failure on the part of the government, and it's entirely the government's fault that we don't have enough tests to meet uh, the demand. And the big lesson of the failure is that you don't want to put the government in charge of your health care. I mean, you know, imagine if they were to deliver all of health care. They're having trouble even delivering something as simple as a paper strip uh, COVID test. And they're doing it, by the way, too little, too late. They've, they've now said, oh, we're going to give everybody a free home rapid test. We're going to mail it to you. Just come to our website. But by the time that anybody gets the test, uh, this Omicron surge will already be receding. And by the way, people don't need one test. They need dozens or hundreds of tests just so that they can test maybe every couple of days. Again, that should be voluntary. You're right about that. But why? So people have an idea of whether they are contagious or not. By the way, we could have had uh, abundant, low-cost tests back in 2020 if the government had gotten out of the way. And that's the other big lesson of this pandemic is the only way we have actually fought the virus successfully to the extent we have, and saved lives is by getting the government out of the way. Yeah, that is that is very well said. Um, to, to the point about, you know, finding out whether or not you are contagious or not, and that's the reason for so many people wanting tests, uh, again, prior to the emergence of COVID, didn't we already know how to do that? If we had a symptom, we stayed home and stayed away from other people. We didn't share drinking glasses or straws with people in our family. Uh, you know, if we had a flu, we had a fever, we had a cough, we had a sniffle, a congestion or whatever. When we felt sick, just human common sense told us, stay away from other people so you don't get them sick. We can still do that with COVID unless you're a believer that and I don't mean you particularly, although you can answer that if you wish, but unless someone believes that, you can pass this virus on without being symptomatic. I think it would be a miracle of modern nature if that's the case, because I don't think it is. I've heard many doctors say you are not passing things on if you are asymptomatic. But but the point here is being we did, ha- we did used to be able to manage this in the past. If you're sick, stay away from other people. We didn't need a test to tell us so. Well, I'm not going to, you know, sort of debate whether there is such a thing as asymptomatic COVID, but I will note that there are people who believe that that's possible, and they want to know, do I actually have this virus or not? And a home rapid test would be an easy and inexpensive way for them to figure out whether that's the case. Again, it should be voluntary. Uh, Unfortunately, the federal government at first didn't really like the idea of of people test, testing frequently and testing at home without a doctor's supervision, without lab processing. There's a tendency in the bureaucracy to prefer a centralized, top-down approach. So the FDA didn't even, that's the Food and Drug Administration, which is the federal bureaucracy that approves these tests. They didn't even approve uh, more than one test before the uh, fourth quarter of 2021. They were really 
really behind the eight ball on it. They only started panicking late last year when they realized that Biden's vaccine mandate requires that there be some kind of testing backup for people who just simply cannot take the vaccine. Luckily, the Supreme Court uh, called uh, called Biden's bluff on that and said, by the way, you have no legal authority to impose a vaccine mandate on the private sector. Uh, but meanwhile, Americans, because of Omicron, really want access to convenient, low-cost tests. They're not available at the moment because of government mismanagement, and they're still expensive, like $25 a test. Over in Germany and Europe, the U.K., you can get the tests for less than $1 a piece. And the reason it's not working here is because of the federal bureaucracy. Of course. The, the reason uh, nothing works here, uh, as it should, because of exactly that. It's, it's a government problem. Dean Clancy is my guest, Senior Health Policy Fellow at Americans for Prosperity. Um, you write in your, your op-ed in Newsweek about antigen testing, and we've known about the need for it since mid-2020 when this thing really got started. And then you write, but it was clear from the pandemic's early days the FDA was not a fan of rapid antigen testing. And as a matter of fact, as you know, what they were a fan of was PCR testing. And this is the the, the enormous problem here. Uh, they finally, after a year and a half of PCR testing, using extraordinarily high cycle thresholds to to get extraordinary high numbers of false positives, um, that at the end of this right. past year, December 31st, they finally said, we will no longer be using these PCR tests. That's because they were trash from the beginning. Why did they not go uh, use the antigen test at the beginning? Well, they had the wrong mental... You're absolutely right about all that. They had the wrong mental model. They thought, well... You know, you want the test to be exactly like, I don't know, a test for cancer or something, where you want it to be extremely accurate and extremely sensitive. You can't possibly miss even one particle of the disease. They seem to forget that this is a pandemic, and the goal is not so much to detect every case. The goal is to stop the spread of the disease. And therefore, you actually don't need a super sensitive test that takes days to deliver a result. You need a, a sufficiently sensitive test that can give you results in 15 to 30 minutes. That's what the rapid antigen test does. But because they had the wrong idea in their mind of what they were fighting, um, we never, you know, they just didn't approve the tests until very belatedly, just the last few months, really. And, um, and by the way, they never had a sense of urgency. Even at the height of the pandemic, the FDA bureaucrats were taking off holidays and weekends. It's like... There was it was business as usual, and that's what happens when you put the government in charge of your health care. Well, that's exactly right, and you know that that's a that's that's such a huge point. After watching them butcher uh, testing and treatment, and in fact, treatment was never even a, a focus of this whole thing. It was vac- vaccinate and prevent as much as you can, and then uh, and then test to see if it worked, see if you have it or not. There was no treatment. They denied therapeutics. They denied monoclonal antibodies for so long. Um, watching right. them butcher the testing and the treatment of a nation of COVID patients, can anybody ever say again that I want single-payer, universal, government-funded <laughs> health care, right? Government-run health care. I wouldn't trust them to treat my cat. <laughs> no, that's absolutely right. Um, it really does... It, Trust is a good word there. Uh, you know, it comes down to one question. Who do you trust with your health care, the government or your own doctor? I mean, uh, the single-payer or socialized medicine, that's just putting the post office in charge of delivering health care. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure they're even going to be able to deliver 
COVID tests, let alone all of health care. So I hope Americans are, are waking up uh, to the threat there and, um, and, and we can stop the continued pressure uh, from the left to just have a government takeover of health care. The, the, the lesson of the pandemic, again, is the private sector can get stuff done if you get the government out of the way. Yeah, I think that's very well said. We're talking with Dean Clancy from Americans for Prosperity. Last part of this, uh, last question for this part of our conversation. Um, I have warned about, um, you know, the vaccination mandates from this standpoint. There is very little that is more personal to a human being than their own bodily autonomy, the right to take a medicine they decide they want to take after advice from their doctor or not take. Um, when you force toxins into a person's body and you tell them you can't have a job unless you take it in Europe now they're saying you can't go out in public unless you take it i mean they're they're taking steps now that are even more extraordinary but you can't you can't say no that you if you want to participate in society you will take this toxin into your body despite the fact that we have no earthly idea what the long term effects of it will be if you surrender sure. your own bodily autonomy dean you pretty much surrender everything. There is nothing that they cannot force you to do if they can force you to give up your own rights to your own body. Absolutely. And, and I'm glad you raised the, the point about the vaccines because you're right. Uh, people have to be free to say no to, to a vaccine. Um, and there's been this idea that we need to punish unvaccinated people. They're, they're being scapegoated. And it's all based, again, on a wrong idea. The the Biden administration and a lot of governments have basically thought, oh, vaccines are the silver bullet. You take one vaccine or two shots and you're done. You never get the disease. You never transmit the disease. It'll be great. Well, it turns out that none of that is true. It, the vaccine might reduce the severity of symptoms, but otherwise it's not preventing the spread. It's not uh, preventing transmission. And uh, meanwhile, there's been this sort of culture war of blaming the unvaccinated for the spread of the disease. But if you go into a hospital in this country, most of the COVID cases are people who are fully vaccinated. So it's not the unvaccinated who are the problem. And uh, to go back to your point, absolutely, we have to draw a line somewhere against government mandates. And, and your own bodily autonomy is as good a line as any. Very well said. We're talking to Dean Clancy, Americans for Prosperity. Last thing I wanted to ask you about, we'll go back in the Wayback Machine here to a Washington Post article from 2020. It was in December of 2020, so just uh, just about a year plus ago. And it was about the stimulus deal, the COVID stimulus package that was rammed through Congress. And it was supposed to provide relief for Americans uh, who uh, lost their jobs because of uh, of lockdowns, big businesses that were closed or or closed forever, or you know uh, so much damage was done to them they may or may not be able to survive. It was supposed to be billions for COVID relief, and yet somehow, some way, we look back at this Washington Post article. Um, they included tens of billions of dollars for the Green New Deal. Somehow, somehow, responding to COVID turned into fighting climate change. Can you tell us about that? Right. Oh, yeah. No, there's been reports, uh, recent reports on this. A lot of the money that was appropriated for COVID back in 2020 and even uh, 2021 has gone to things like building uh, parking lots or uh, golf courses, you know, local uh, economic development projects. It's the government at work. Basically, they're, they're, they're incorrigible. You know, you hand them money and they use it for their priorities rather than what the money 
uh, really is about. And by the way, to come back to testing for a minute, back uh, in March, President Biden signed a bill appropriating $83 billion, with a B, just for tests on COVID. Where are the tests? Where's that <laughs> money gone? You know, they promised it, and we got nothing. So, you know, it's it's sad, but hopefully the American people are waking up. Well, I hope they do, because that's uh, that's an astounding thing. And again, you know, it comes down to trust in government. That's that, We're using that word again, uh, trusting the government. And the real sad part about this is, uh, as they now come forward, they're going to, what, send out 500 billion tests, wasn't it, uh, that they're going to send out? Or 500 million, mm-hmm. it was. Million with an M. Yeah, yeah half 500 million, half a billion uh, uh, tests they're going to send out to everybody, four per household. And, and, and I'm thinking, is that solving the problem either? Because first of all, what if you have a family of six? Uh, not four. Second right. of all, what if somebody has to test multiple times in order to go to work because they didn't want to take the jab? Uh, how good is one test per person essentially going to going to do anyway? Um, even when they come up with what they think is a solution to a problem, which, by the way, they say they're sending those out free, you know and I know that nothing is free because it is going to cost That's the American right. taxpayer billions in order to make this happen as well. But, um, but, but again, you know, I mean, how, how, yeah. much, how much benefit is there really going to be in this when they have such a limited number? It is pathetic. It's too little. It's too late. You're right. Four tests per household. That's crazy. As I tried to indicate earlier, you know, if you want to test and say every few days, in order to be able to go uh, out in public and feel confident that you're not contagious, you're going to need hundreds of tests. And if they're very inexpensive, less than a dollar a test, a lot of people can afford that, and maybe you need a little help financially uh, to afford it. But if you let the private sector do this, and by the way, they could have delivered these tests in abundance at low cost two years ago if the government had uh, gotten out of the way. Instead, the government is belatedly doing this crazy thing of buying up the existing stock of tests without creating any additional capacity to produce them. And so now the store shelves are empty, and it's not enough. It's ridiculous. And by the way, the Biden people are so out of touch. They just signed a contract with a company to create one of the key ingredients of these rapid antigen tests. And the company was like, great, it's hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, but it's going to take them two years to build a factory to produce the ingredient. Obviously, two years is a little <laughs> bit slow in a pandemic. Yeah, yeah, that's that's very well said. Um, again, uh, the more we trust government, the more we have to place our trust in government, the more at risk and in peril we are. And I think both of these stories uh, prove exactly that. Dean Clancy, uh, our guest, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, Senior po- Health uh, Policy Fellow at Americans for Prosperity. Read that op-ed. You can look at it at Newsweek.com and understand just the depth of uh, what the government has done here in terms of completely screwing up the uh, testing policies and procedures that they feel like are the answer to this uh, pandemic. Mr. Clancy, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it very much. Oh, it's been an honor and a pleasure. Thank you very much, sir. All right, 1025. I love Americans for Prosperity, by the way. Great organization. 1025. We'll take a time out. We'll try to squeeze a call in or two here before the bottom of the hour. Bernie Moreno waiting on the other side. Not on the other side of the border, but he was almost there uh, on Monday. He's going to tell us about that coming up, too, on AM 1420, The Answer. When 
Dr. Science is always left. Attacks on me, quite frankly, are attacks on science. You need Always Right with Dr. Bob France. You're really attacking not only Dr. Anthony Fauci, you're attacking science. On AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, 1028. Uh, let's squeeze in a phone call here as promised here. Vince from Westlake was listening and got right in. Hey, Vince, go ahead, sir. You're on the air. Hey, Bob, thanks for taking my call real quick. You bet. <clears throat> Just want to uh, shout out, uh, thank you for getting those numbers out to uh, for Senators Mansion and Cinema. I think that's important that we take action and call. <clears throat> Since you put them out a little bit earlier, I've probably already texted about 25 people. Uh, plus all my family members, and just to tell them, you know, get on this. Take a minute. It literally took me less than four minutes to call both numbers and leave a short voicemail telling them that we support them and that there's more of us out here than there is of the idiots with all the vitriol and some of the stuff that you read earlier of the nasty uh, social media stuff there. So uh, I just want to back you up in encouraging people to take a second to do it. It doesn't take anything but, again, a few minutes. So please do this. This is important. Thank you, Vince. I appreciate the, uh, the the support in that. I think it is just that important. I appreciate the call too. I do. I mean, that's um, you know that that's a testimonial, if you will, uh, to the importance of this. I gave out the numbers. If you don't know what Vince is talking about, last segment uh, before the top of the hour, I was giving out the office numbers for Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema in Washington D.C. Chuck Schumer is in all likelihood going to call a vote on the Senate floor to change the filibuster rules. Last time they pulled this with Harry Reid, as you know, they changed the rule for filibustering judicial nominees and uh, dropped the threshold to a simple majority vote, something that has come back to bite them in a big way. Um, Kirsten Sinema and Joe Manchin have, ha- have told TV cameras they're not going to vote to change the filibuster. But they have received so many vile, um, disgusting attacks on themselves and their families since that time that I'm afraid when it comes time you know, for the rubber to hit the road and they have to actually cast their vote in the Senate, who knows if they'll be intimidated or if they'll be strong-armed into flipping. And what I want is for all of us who are believers in true American democracy within the confines of this beautiful representative republic to thank them, flip the script on the haters, show these people love and appreciation for what they're doing by putting country over party, country over their own personal self-interest. That's what this country is called to do. That's what we are all called to do. And these are two leftist Democrats who have cast aside their leftist ideology to do what's right for the country. And if we tell them thank you enough, we strengthen their resolve, we put some steel in their spine, they will go to that Senate floor and say, negative, nay, I vote against changing the filibuster. Call Joe Manchin's office at 202-224-3954. Call Kirsten Cinema's office at 202-224-4521. Extraordinarily important measures to be taken there. Speaking of Senate, the Senate. We're going to talk to somebody who wants to be a part of it. Bernie Moreno will join us next on AM 1420, The Answer. When the mainstream media is always left, 
reason amid the liberal chaos. Always right with Bob France on AM 1420. The answer. That is exactly right, 1037. As we continue, thank you again to Dean Clancy. Terrific discussion on uh, the testing debacle. What a great question that he asked her that we kind of stumbled across together, too. Watching and, and, and experiencing the federal government's complete and utter failure to deliver on testing and treatment for a nation of COVID patients. Just COVID. Are there any lefties out there still clamoring for single-payer, government-run universal health care? <laughs> you really want this government that can't handle testing, can't handle treatment of COVID, you really want this government in charge of all of your health care needs and, uh, and requirements? Simply unbelievable. Let's pivot now. Uh, I want to talk about protecting our country, and it literally is in grave danger. We have Lord only knows how many criminals, how many bad actors, how many drug dealers, drug runners, human traffickers, gang members, etc., coming across our poor southern border because it has been surrendered by the President of the United States. Bernie Moreno is a candidate for the U.S. Senate from the state of Ohio. Of course, massive primary coming up in March, uh, or in May, rather. He went down to the Texas border uh, with Mexico, down in the McAllen sector, I believe it was, uh, on Monday to experience firsthand what a porous open border looks like. And he joins us now to talk about what he found. Bernie, thanks for coming on with us. How are you this morning? I'm doing great, uh, Bob. Thank you for having me. Uh, I, I can tell you, if your listeners had come on this journey, which we'll give them the video so that they feel like they did, they would be beyond outrage. It's 10 times worse than you could ever imagine. Uh, typically, a country is invaded with an uh, enemy army. Uh, the Biden administration has basically given up on that part, and they're just letting an invasion happen there. The numbers will come out soon. It's about 2 million people since Biden took office that were captured, and by the estimates from the Border Patrol agents that we talked to, these are the chiefs, uh, about another million are runners, people who didn't want to get caught. So three million people coming into our country illegally in one year. It's insane. Well, and, and I want to put some context to that, if you can, Bernie. And I know you talked to the Border Patrol agents down there. Um, there there's a couple of categories of the encounters. People who were captured and actually detained and turned around and sent back. People who were captured and then released and told to come back later for their uh, asylum hearing, uh, which means they're, they're released forever because they're not coming back. And then the gotaways, as they call them, the ones who were the runners who just they couldn't catch and couldn't capture and got away anyway. So there's, there's three different categories, and of the three, two of them mean they're coming into the United States and being allowed to stay. Correct. And this is, let me just clear this up because a lot of your listeners may not be aware of this. So, as you know, the Supreme Court ruled that the, uh, the Biden administration could not reverse the same Mexico policy. So Biden was forced to put that in place. So we know that. We heard that in the news. Here's what you didn't hear in the news, that it's a pilot program. They're only doing 50 people a day returning to Mexico. So that first bucket that you identified is 50 people a day. The other two buckets are 2 million a year and 1 million a year. And by the way, remember, the million that run, Bob, these are people that are foregoing the benefits of being captured. Because when they're captured, they're sent anywhere in America they want to go. They're provided clothes. They're provided food. Uh, and we met, actually met a family from Nicaragua that crossed the border just before they got to us. And I can tell you a little bit about that. But uh, this idea that we're returning people uh, through, Title, through Title 42 or through state of Mexico, that's a fallacy. It's only happening 50 people a day. 
Yeah, and I want people to understand that. That's the reason I brought it up because there are, you know, and they, they keep saying, well, if you are accompanied by a child, you're going to be allowed to stay. We are not going to turn people with children away from the, away from the United States and send them back out into the, into the, you know, the desert of nowhere, et cetera, et cetera. But if you are an adult without a child, well, then we're going to turn you around. Like you said, that's 50 a day when thousands and thousands are actually coming each day. So, um, Bernie, let's talk about some of these people. One of the experiences you had here, and I read a little bit of the coverage of your trip, you, you encountered a family crossing the border from Nicaragua. Tell us about them. Heartbreaking. Uh, just absolutely heartbreaking uh, to see this family. They had just crossed the Rio Grande when, they, when we approached them, fell on their knees, the women broke out into tears. Just before they crossed, the Mexican drug cartels had beat the men, held them at gunpoint, did a cavity search on both the men and the women to make certain they didn't have any money or possessions left. They call it a river tax. That's what the drug cartels charge before they cross the river. They had been a month on the journey from Nicaragua. They had seen little girls as young as 12 being raped that are prescribed birth control pills forcibly because they know along the journey that's common. Again, the men are beaten. They talked about children that fell off trains. These are three, four, five-year-old kids that are falling off the trains and dying, kids that are uh, dying of hypothermia. It's absolutely a horrible, disgusting journey. And the reason it's happening is simple. We asked them that. I talked to them in Spanish for quite a bit. They are sold the bill of goods by the Mexican drug cartels that when they get in the U.S., they're welcome with open arms to provide all kinds of freebies. That's, what they, that's why they do this. When you talk to them and say, hey, if you knew that you couldn't come in illegally, would you have made the trip in the first place? And the answer is, of course, a resounding no. And what kills me, Bob, is that we as conservatives are branded as the people who don't care, we hate immigrants, we're anti-immigrants. The reality is these are people same heritage that I have. These are Hispanics like me. And I don't want to see them suffer this kind of indignity and this kind of journey. They should be told a simple, obvious truth. There's one path to America, which is the legal path. We let a million people in a year, and they need to follow that line. We cannot allow this to go on. You know, you tell story. We're talking to Bernie Moreno, U.S. Senate candidate, who is at the border uh, talking with uh, some some crossers, border crossers, uh, on Monday. You know, y- y- you you described some of the horrors of that trip. The main reason why these people make that trip, in my opinion, is because those horrors are never ever covered by CNN, by MSNBC, by NBC. If the truth was told about what these people are enduring to get here. Um, and and why they are doing it because Joe Biden has that's most of them are wearing Biden T-shirts for crying out loud saying you know Mr. Biden let us in and thank you Mr. Biden but because the federal government has put out that that welcome wagon if you will the only coverage we see is a a wonderful caravan of of would be Americans of of Amer- of hopeful Americans chasing the American dream continuing to pour through Mexico from uh, the you know Central American countries etc they 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 almost um, I don't want to say glorify it, but they but they almost uh, treat it like it's some sort of a a wonderful journey of passage to freedom, rather than this this journey of of rape and crime and beatings and horrific treatment in order to get to a place where they're not supposed to be in the first place. Exactly right, and it, it reminds me of the movie The Hundred Days. You have these people, uh, these liberals, these woke liberals, sitting in these luxurious places like Martha's Vineyard and the Hamptons, and they look at these you know, nice little brown people from South America, and let's see if they can make this journey. It's gross. It's disgusting. 
And the reality is it's extremely dangerous because the head of business development for the Mexican drug cartels is none other than Joe, Joe Biden. That's he right. has given them more wealth, more riches than anybody could have imagined. You know, we, when we met with the uh, members of the Border Patrol, they told us these events could be easily prevented, Bob. Where they can, the Trump's policies were working. The border wall works. The, the idea that you stay in Mexico works. The idea that you surge troops to the Mexican border. You know, when we were standing there looking at the other side of the river, we see Mexico. The Border Patrol agents were telling us that a little over a year ago when, when President Trump was in office, you'd see encampments. And there was all Mexican troops, and zero people were crossing the river at that time. And and the drug cartels were not able to move their drugs. Uh, they caught one Sinaloan, one person carrying seven pounds of fentanyl in his possession. That's enough to kill half of the people in Ohio. That's one person and one drug bust. And again, a million people get away from them because the border patrol agents are so overwhelmed and demoralized. They don't feel like anybody's got their back, and all they're asking for, Bob, is just good policy. Bernie, um, you uh, talked to some of those Border Patrol agents. Tell me what their uh, morale is like right now. And and also, you know, you talk about me talking with a family that was struggling to get here and the things that they endured. Um, you know, did you see or encounter or witness any people that were not just that family looking for a, uh, for an opportunity, but we're talking about cartel members, we're talking about gang members, drug runners, et cetera, et cetera, because those are the people, you know, they're, they're, bringing, they're bringing enough fentanyl into this country to kill essentially half a state a day. Uh, um, you know, it, that's, how, that's how lethal it is. It, those things are coming across the border, and I guess I just want to underscore the fact, Bernie, and you saw it up close, that not all of the crossers here are those poor family members that you described in your first encounter. No, absolutely. Let me just clarify one other thing, which is about 90% of all drugs on the street now have some sort of fentanyl, so just to put that in perspective. But, no, you're exactly right, Bob. We were there during most of the day. The uh, people who are the runners typically do that at night. It's extraordinarily dangerous. The border patrol agents are shot at. They're assaulted. They're spat at. They're cut with machetes. Uh, these are people who, who are the ones obviously trying to get the criminals across the border which, again, about a million a year. A million a year. Just process that for a second. Go to a Cavs game, right? That's 30,000 people. There's a million a year, and they end up all over the country. And that's the other thing the Border Patrol just told us. These aren't, people aren't staying in Mission. They're not staying in La Jolla. They're not staying in McAllen. These are people going all over the inside of the country. And the Border Patrol agents asking about their morale. Do you know that the local the federal prosecutor there doesn't even prosecute the people that, uh, that hit, stab, or punch the Border Patrol agents. They don't prosecute it at all. Zero. So these people just are completely demoralized. Uh, they are they are mostly Hispanics, by the way. That's the other thing you'll never see on CNN. 80, 90% of them are fluent in Spanish, are usually first or second generation uh, Mexican or su- South Americans, and appalled by the idea that we would do this, that our country would allow this. What country on earth would allow this to happen, Bob? Yeah, well, you know, a country that has a different agenda, I suppose. And that's really what this is all about. Uh, you know, the question is, is what is the agenda of the Democrat Party, Democrat leadership in Congress, uh, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris? Their agenda has nothing to do with national sovereignty, de- decreasing the amount of gang members, drug runners, drugs, human traffickers coming into this country. Uh, the goal is to get as many millions of people in here as possible when they declare a blanket amnesty and citizenship. 
And then, of course, who are all of these new citizens going to vote for? The the party that gave them what they wanted, and that's going to be essentially a uh, you know one party rule for from now into uh, uh, you know uh, eternity. Um, Bernie, I want to ask you about the wall segments too. I saw a couple of pictures of your trip, and you encountered just stacks and stacks and stacks of rusting steel next to the place where those stacks of steel should have been erected um, when President Trump tried to actually secure our border. What was that like? It was infuriating that I can't even describe to you, Bob. Uh, You know, I paid a lot of income taxes over my life, and the idea that you pay income taxes to help your country, of course, I'm a big believer in that. But pay your income taxes and know that your government thinks so low of how hard it took to make that money and to just waste it like that. So I want you to paint a picture. They cleared out a giant area. So this is miles and miles and miles of, of, of border fencing that was going up. So imagine the cost of clearing the area. Then they manufactured this steel. They had a, in one part of La Jolla, they had about a half a mile up, and then the rest of it was never installed. Although you, me, and every other U.S. taxpayer paid for the materials and the labor to install that, but when Biden came into the office and he said to the contractors, never mind, go home, we're not going to finish the wall, even though it was fully paid for. Imagine doing that, Bob. Imagine treating other people's money like that. Not only, of course, the, the insecurity of the border, but that you would have that little regard for the people who pay taxes that work hard to do that. It was, it was probably the, one of the hardest parts of the trip was to see that. Bernie, uh, we're, again, we're talking with Bernie Moreno, U.S. Senate candidate. He was at the border on on Monday. Uh, I saw a news brief today that Kamala Harris, who has been tasked to be the border czar, is going to Honduras to once again talk to uh, the the uh, leaders there about the uh, about the motivation for uh, for you know this this assault on our border about uh, what the reasons are why people want to get out of those countries and come to the United States. What is your opinion on her approach to this rather than doing what you did, going to the border and seeing what the problems are and perhaps directing resources to solving those problems at the border? Her approach is going and finding out what the root causes of this immigration are. She's she's a moron. She's a symptom of what's wrong in D.C. We have these career politicians that have never done anything in their lives. You know, the reality is in my business, when I, when I had a problem in my parts department, you know what I'd do? I'd go back and talk to the people in the parts department who dealt with my parts department say, tell me what's wrong. Right? She, what she's doing, she's going, you know, to, to the uh, restaurant down the street asking what's wrong with the parts department. You know, to go down to Honduras, by the way, is very telling. Uh, Honduras is the only country that will have her. Basically, Nicaragua has become a socialist country that, uh, that has completely embraced China. In fact, Putin's talking about putting troops in Nicaragua. Uh, El Salvador is bought and paid for by the government of China. Uh, they've also talked about putting Chinese troops there. So the fact that she's going to Nick, uh, Honduras is because she's not even welcome in the other two countries. But why doesn't she go down there and do what I did, Bob? Just talk to the border patrols. These guys know what's going on. Yeah. These guys are no dummies. They know exactly what the situation is. It's not complicated. You know, these Harvard elites, right? We have to do a white paper and spend nine years studying the topic. This is very simple. Finish the wall. Remain in Mexico. Asylum in your own country. One legal path and one legal path only. You designate the Mexican drug cartels as foreign terrorist organizations. You wipe them off the face of the earth. We can't let Mexico be, become a drug state. And we're, that's it. Problem solved. I mean, it, it doesn't require 
any seminars, uh, it's obvious common sense. Bernie Moreno, candidate for the U.S. Senate, huge primary coming up in May. He was at the border taking a look firsthand at what's going on down there, which is something that I would hope all of the uh, Senate candidates do and uh, certainly pay special attention to that if they are successful in achieving uh, or winning that race. Bernie, thank you for going down. Thank you for filling us in on what you saw firsthand. It's obviously very, very important for us to understand uh, what what we don't get from MSNBC and CNN. We'll get it from somebody firsthand. We appreciate that. Well, thank you, Bob. Thank you for having me. Thank you for doing what you're doing. Thanks very much, Bernie. All right, there's Bernie Moreno joining us. Uh, we got to get a timeout now at 10.53. We'll come right back and wrap it up. If you want to get in, do it now. 216-901-0945 on AM 1420 Games. you understand the commander-in-chief uh, in, uh, in Libya we should be opening up the, 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 the always right with Bob France I shouldn't be starting off and negotiating in public here but let me say it this way I am 1420 the answer we should probably have some new uh, Biden material for new rejoiners like that tomorrow because he's supposed to meet with the media today <laughs> anytime he gets off script and uh then again, I don't know. We'll see. I was going to say, then again, they don't let him go off script when he does these press conferences for the most part. They give him little picture code. Did you know this? They give him the order of questions to take, the name of the questioner, and a little picture of the questioner uh, next to it so that he knows who he's talking to and knows what the question is, is ahead of time so that he can kind of you know prepare his answer without looking too much like a buffoon. Now, he still manages if the questioner goes off script and the questioner asks something else or a follow-up. That's when we get more great Bidenisms or Brandonisms, if you will. Um, so it'll be interesting. We might get some new material for tomorrow, um, depending on what the uh, the press conference looks like today. Uh, I'm going to give these numbers again because it's important to me, and it should be important to you. While they face daily hate and uh, messages of rage and, 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 and anger for not supporting an end to the filibuster and thus the passage of the Federal Voting Rights or Voting Laws Act, rather, uh, we need to mix in some positive messages to show them some support. I think it'll be, make a big difference. Not kidding about this. Cinema's office in D.C. is 202-224-4521. Mansion's office in D.C. is 202-224-3954. Call those numbers, leave messages, send emails. You can look those up, too, of support for them for putting country over party. It literally could mean the difference between uh, saving this republic come November and losing it forever. Once again, I do mean forever. All right, that's it. That's all the time that I've got. Thanks to my guest today, Dean Clancy from Americans for Prosperity, Bernie Moreno, a candidate for Senate. Thanks to Johnny, thanks to Marcy, and thanks to you for listening and being a part. Tomorrow morning, Dr. Everett Piper will join us, as he does each and every Thursday, and we'll have a few other uh, important uh, guests for you as well. Thanks for being with us today. Always remember, go. Br- let's go, Brandon. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.